All right, so today, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start a new series, and this series is going to be three weeks long. What, we, what I want to do um, over these next three weeks is talk about a healthy church. Now, um, you're going to ask, well, you know, what, what's, what's a healthy church? Why do we need a healthy church? What's the importance? All this other stuff. Uh, fine, ask those questions, but as I answer those questions, um, take note of them. Because a lot of times I think we ask questions, and then when they're answered, we kind of like, oh, that's cool, and then we kind of move on. Over, this next, over these next three weeks, I, I believe, um, not that, that in the, the past X amount of years and sermons in which I've preached that they're not important. I think they're all, they all have their importance. But I think that you're going to find some value, some, some great value um, in these next uh, three weeks because this is going to directly affect what you do um, in your walk with Christ. Uh, and not, again, not saying that the others didn't. But uh, you'll see in a moment how um, this healthy church is to your benefit. Um, I, I think that the, the mindset of, oh, I, I go to church, that, that's, that's, that's a good thought. Um, but I'll, I'll use the, the, the analogy or, or um, the illustration of going to a gym. I know a lot of people who go to the gym, right? There's one, um, and I'll call him a, a, a friend of mine. My wife will know who I'm talking about. There's a, a friend of mine, an acquaintance at the gym in which we go to, um, that he goes uh, twice a day, every day, in the morning and he goes in the afternoon. And he spends, um, yeah, about an hour or, or so, maybe get, you know, give or take a little bit um, each time that, that, that he's there. But you hardly ever see him do anything. Like, he's the guy that's overhanging on the, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Laura's like, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> right, because Laura goes there too. So he's the guy that's like, somebody's on the treadmill and they're getting it and he's just leaning on the treadmill just talking to them. Or you're trying to work out and he's coming over and, and, and trying to talk, talk to you. While, I mean, he's just, he's there, but he's not, he's not working out. I, all, everything is laid out there. Nice facility. Everything is there. But he's, he, he may even go home and read um, fitness magazines and, and have all of the statistics and have all, everything figured out of, you know, this is what you need to do to be healthy. But the execution isn't there. No, and, and I say all that because I, I think that there, there's some, uh, some, we can equate some of that with when we come to church sometimes. Now, I don't, want to, I don't want to bash on anyone. I, what I want us to do is kind of um, use these, these, um, uh, these next few weeks of kind of assessing uh, uh, the church as a whole, but then the, the church individually, because we make up the church. What I don't want to do is, is describe an organization, and then the people feel that they're detached from this organization. The church is, is made up, is built up, by individual believers in Jesus Christ. So th what that means is if, if we're going to be a healthy church, we need to be active. We don't need to just read books about church or read books about this or say we're going to do this and have come this idea or even just show up. We need to be engaged. Just like my friend uh, complained to me just the other day. He's like, man, I, I just can't seem to lose weight. <laughs> I, just, I, I just struggle so hard. And I said... But you got to do something while you're here. And he looks at me like, I'm like, Mike, just, just listen to me. Oh. None, 
know, none of you in here know who I'm talking about. Well, the, yeah. <laughs> she does. Well, <laughs> I, I guarantee, here's the, here's the deal. He has promised me almost every week, oh, I'm going to make it down to that church one day. I'm going to make it down there one day. I'm going to make it down there. All right, buddy. So, yeah. So, anywho, everybody, everybody talks a good game. But I, I'm, I, I said, hey, bud. Listen, if you're wanting the, 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 the outcome, you got to put forth the, the effort. I mean, he's an older gentleman, so I was respectful in it. Um, but I, I think that that's the mentality in which we can have with church sometimes, is we come into thinking, well, hey, I'm at church. Yeah, just showing up isn't, isn't what, what's going to um, get you where you need to be. And I fully believe, because Scripture says it, that, that, that God wants us to mature and wants us to grow in our walk with Him. He wants us, us to be transformed, as, as Paul says, from one degree of glory to the next. This is this progression that takes place. And how this progression takes place is like what, what James says, that faith without works is dead. Without, without being engaged in what it is that God's doing you're not going to have the results in which you might read about. I, I don't know if, it, it, how, how you are. I like reading about the, the, the stories of, of um, these great um, Christians of, of the time. And you, you read about um, and the, 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 these, these guys who, and gals that have uh, went to faraway places and done amazing things. And you get this, this like high, like, I want to be able to do something like that. But then when it comes to the small things reading our Bibles and praying and being in, 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 in fellowship with one another and doing the small things we, 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 we lack. We want God to, to bless us and we want God to do big things through us, but we forget about all the small things. That's why I, one of my mantras is faithful in the small and trust God for the bigs. Because if we're faithful in the smalls, God's going to do the bigs through us. God's not going to do the bigs without us doing the smalls. Now that doesn't mean that we're like strong-arming God here. No, but God rewards and God blesses faithfulness. We see it throughout Scripture. So what I want to do is I want to focus over the next few weeks about just let's look at a healthy church. What, what constitutes a healthy church? And, and, and what, what is the importance of the healthy church? And that's what we're going to look at today is the importance of the healthy church. Um, let's, let's start with uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4. Um, and I'm, just to give you like a kind of a, a sneak peek into my, my mind, it's going to be awesome. Um, don't be scared. I, I'm, I'm kicking around the idea. I mean, uh, last week, um, what's the other bald guy's name? Uh, Dan. Dan was talking, uh, you know, he, he talked about Timothy and he talked about uh, the church at Ephesus. I'm kicking around the idea uh, of doing a, um, a study over the, uh, the, the, the summer about the church of Ephesus, um, starting in the book of Revelation. And some of you are like, oh, we're going to do Revelation. Well, I, yeah, okay. Starting in the book of Revelation and seeing where, what uh, Christ says about the church and then kind of um, going from there and opening up this big ball of wax because if, and I love this, if there's any church in all of scripture that should have gotten it right, it's the church in Ephesus. Because not, not only did uh, uh, Paul, was Paul a part of that in, in, in founding that, not only was, as we see, Timothy had some, some uh, key roles in that, we know the apostle John, 
had some uh, workings in that as well. There is a, a, a lot that took place in this, in this church in, in Ephesus. So I thought it'd be kind of fun just to maybe, you know, look at that on some, some different levels. But what I want us to do is, so if we're thinking about the church, and I'll, I'll stress this, um, when I say church, I'm not saying the big C church, I'm saying local church. Because God cares for the local church. He writes seven letters to the local churches in Revelation. He, Paul writes multiple letters to local churches. So don't check out and say, oh, this is just the big C, this is a universal church. No, we're talking about our church. We're, let's, just, let's just make it even, even more simpler for you. We're talking about LifePoint Church here. Let's, let's talk, because we, we have no influence. We have no um, stick on, on, on any other church. We are responsible for what God is doing here. So let's just do that. Let's not worry about what everybody else is doing. That's not saying that we can't have interaction. Uh, some of my best friends are pastors of other churches, and we, I, we have some great interaction. But I'm not responsible for their church. They're not responsible for our church. So let's, let's focus on our church, and let's do a, a, a legitimate assessment of what it means to have a, a healthy church. So you're there in, in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4. Um, you've heard me talk about this many times, and, and I will and probably until the day in which I die. Um, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses uh, 7 and 8, this is where we get this, this understanding that it's not about trying, it's about, oh my goodness gracious. Let's do this one more time. If we can re rewind it. It's not about trying. It's about training. training. Right. There's a big difference between trying and training. If we try, and this is my illustration every time, if, we, if I try to run a marathon, I will, I will fail miserably. But if I train for a marathon, I, I have a good chance of, of, of finishing it. Big difference between trying and training. And this is what uh, Paul is saying here. Verse 7, it says, Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. This is why I love this thought that Paul's saying, um, your physical health is important, but what's most important is your spiritual health. That's essentially what he is saying here. So, so let's, let's stop for a second, kind of like, okay, physical health, important. We, we, we need to take care of the bodies in which God has given us. I, I think that that is one of the hardest things for us to do with, with a, um, a, a gratification society. We want and we want and we want to get and we want to feel good. I, you don't have to, and I love this about when, when people talk about, I can't diet, whatever. I'm not asking you all to diet or whatever. I'm just asking you just to take care of what God has already given you. Be good stewards of it. Be good stewards of what God has given you. If that's, the, if that's your physical body, which he has, awesome. If that's your possessions, fine. If that's your job, okay. Whatever God has given you, be good stewards of it. And I think it doesn't just, we can't think that it just happens. Well, that person can do that and I can't do that. Because, no, you have to train yourself. He says it here. Train yourself. While, while, while bodily training is of some value, training in godliness, and that, that word for godliness there is also known as piety, or let's, let's put it into a term in which you know, religion. 
we're not about religion. No, this is true, pure religion. This is seeking after who God is. We need to train ourselves in, in that. Because it doesn't just happen. And if we're going to look at this, this picture of a healthy church, what I want us to do is I want us to be the place where people can come and be trained in godliness. That's what a healthy church is about. So my big idea for today and really for this whole next few weeks is this. Being a part of a healthy church provides the best opportunity for maturing as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Let me read that one more time, and I'm reading this slow because I know you're writing it down. Being a part of a healthy church provides the best opportunity for maturing as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Some will push back and say, well, I can, I can mature without being you know, a part of a church. You, 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 you may make some progress, but, but the word of God is clear in saying that it's inside of the church, the, the body, the, 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 the organization, the structure in which discipleship flourishes the most is inside the church. This is the, 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 the body of, of Christ. Now, like I said, I think this is going to be one of the most practical sermon series as you're going you're gonna to hear. Because usually when I'm putting this together, I'm like trying to think of, okay, how can we kind of balance? I want to make sure I'm exalting Christ, but I want to, I'm giving some, 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 some practical advice. I want, here, I believe that the way in which I'm going to exalt Christ through my teaching is giving you the practical advice so that you can mature in your walk with Christ. Every single person in here can mature from where you're at right now. I don't care if you've been, been saved five minutes, five years, 50 years, 20 years, whatever it may be. If you're sitting here and you're saying, well, I'm good. Man, the devil's got a hold of you because you can always be better. God wants that for us. I'm not talking prosperity gospel and everything. I'm talking godliness. And godliness is tough. Because godliness goes out these doors, and when somebody cuts you off, you don't give them the number one and show them that they're going to heaven, right? It, okay. I know my crowd I'm in, right? Y'all got it. Like, wait, wait, sorry, are, we, are we allowed to laugh at that? I know what he's talking about. Yeah. But it's taking what God is doing in us, and Jesus says, out of the mouth comes the overflow of the heart. It's understanding that God's transforming us on the inside, and the way in which he's transforming us is through his divine word. His, so it's, it's, it's the spirit of God through the word of God and the people of God to see the glory of God manifest. And I think that we need to take that serious. And I think that, that, that viewing the healthy church is important in that. So <clears throat> with that, I want to talk about uh, uh, just a, a couple primary understandings of what a healthy church is. You're in uh, 1 Timothy 4. Just look just back just a little bit. One chapter to 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. <clears throat> so Paul 
writing, like Dan, you know, talked to us last week about this is the old pastor writing to the, to the new pastor. He's already, he's laid out some things here and he says this, he says, I hope to come to you soon, but I am writing these things so, or to you so that if I delay, if my walker gets stuck in a crack and I, or my, my scooter loses its battery charge, he's old at this point. Come on, we live? Yeah, all right. Quit thinking about Memorial Day parties already. Some of you are like, ooh, I can't wait. Others are like, man, i got to go to my family's. Pray for me. Right. I didn't hear any of those prayer requests up there. But we know it's true. If I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God. Stop there for a second. This is a beautiful thing because when people think I can go and I can do and I can be and, you know, everybody, you have to accept me for who I am. No, there's a certain way in which we are to behave in the household of God. Now, I'm not going to go way far where, okay, the way in which we act in the household of God is it's suit and ties and dresses and, you know, all this, these legalistics, you can't do this and you can do this. No, that's taking it to the extreme, what we need to understand is, is there is a way in which when we come together that we are to act, and, and, and the, the act, I'll, I'll put it to you this way, I believe that the act in which when we come together, the way in which we're to behave is modeled and is accentuated by love. Because Jesus says that, 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 that they will know that you're my disciples by what? By the, love, the way in which you love one another. So I, I, I understand here when, when, when Paul is saying that there's a way in which we ought to behave, and he's listed some ways, if you want to read back in your own time, he's listed some structure inside the church of, of, of deacons and of, of, of overseers or elders. He's, he's given some um, clear distinctives. He's given some ways to Timothy, if this is what needs to be done, make sure you're focusing on the truth. And he, he gives all of these things. And, and I believe that the, the manifestation of all of these things working together and the way in which we're to behave is seen through love. Because if you have law without love, you have legalism. Law without love is legalism. Now, if you have love without law, it's liberalism. We need this, this, this balance in between and understand that there is a way in which we should behave. There are certain practices that are acceptable. And there are certain practices that are not acceptable. But what we don't want to do is focus on the practices and miss why we do what we do. Why we say the Lord's Prayer, why we take communion, why we preach God's Word, why, whatever it is, why do we do all those? It's so that we can be transformed into, from one degree of glory to the next, so we can, be, so we can mature in our, our, our walk with Christ, mature as disciples of Christ. And I think that that's important why the writer of Hebrews says, do not forsake the assembling together of the saints. When, you, when we don't come together, it's, it, it's not just, eh, they won't miss me. You're hurting yourself and you're hurting those around us because we need each other. And we're going to see that in a second, even more. But here, Timothy is being told by Paul, you, um, if I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church. So, I mean, it's clear. He's not saying, that, he's not being ambiguous here and saying that, well, it's kind of a mystery here. No, he's saying the household of God, a.k.a. the church, of what? The living God. And I love that because we don't, we don't worship a God who's dead. 
We worship a God who is alive. He's active. He's breathing. He's moving in us. And he goes on to explain what this church of the living God is. It says, a pillar and buttress of the truth. We don't really use that term a lot, buttress, but just think of foundation. The church is to be the foundation of the truth. So what do I mean the church should be? When, when our great nation was founded, and the people went throughout and settled towns and cities and everything, the church was one of the first um, buildings in which they erected. Because it's, it, it was understood then, and I think we've, kinda, we've lost a lot of it, but it doesn't mean we can't regain it. But it was understood that the, 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 the church, the foundation of truth in that community comes from the church. Now, it's not just the church, like, oh, it's the, the Holy Catholic Church. No, it's not just the church. It's the, the, the word of God being taught in the church. Because if we don't understand where foundation comes from, if we don't understand what it is that, that, that we're building upon, I, I think that we can get into, hey, look at our big building and look at our this and look at our that. It's not about what is going on in the church. It's about what God's doing in the church. And Jesus says that, 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 uh, um, he, he, that the Father is glorified by disciples being made. So I, I look at this, and I see that Paul is making this, this very clear. Like, like Dan told us last week, he says one of the first things you need to do is pray. And I, he goes on, and he makes a clear declaration here that you, you need to understand you're establishing. Through your prayers, through your actions, through what it is you're, you're doing, your faithfulness, you're, you're establishing the foundation of truth in that place. So when we look at this and we say, okay, well, what's a, a, an importance of a healthy church? We understand that, that the community should look to us when, when, when things go awry. The community should look because we should have, I don't want to say the answers, because we talked about that a few weeks ago. We, we don't have all the answers. What we have is the truth. Jesus says the truth is, is what will set you free. So when we look at this, we understand that the foundation of the church is the truth. And I want to push even further in this, in this church of Ephesus. Turn back to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, 19 and 20. Paul writing directly to the church right here. So this would be before Timothy got to this church. He says in verse uh, 19, So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. So he's talking to the church body here. And then he says, Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. When he says it's built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and Christ Jesus being the cornerstone, he is clearly saying that the church is foundation and the church is the foundation because it is built on the word of God. So, so understand, if we're going to be, um, uh, uh, or we're going to look at what a healthy church is, we, we have to be built upon this. 
Because if we're not built upon this, and you're, you're just built upon my opinions or the opinions of the, of the, of the elders or the leaders of the, of the church, we're going to crumble. The foundation is the Word of God. The foundation is found in the Word of God, the truth of what is, what is communicated to us. So as we look at that and we have that primary understanding, okay, all right, I would say, and I would hope, some of you at this point are, 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 I don't want to say breathing a sigh of relief, but you're like checking a mark on a box. Okay, all right, I can can say that our church is is founded on on, uh, the Word of God. Uh, We teach the Word of God. We lift up the Word of God. We come under the authority of the Word of God. I'm hoping that that, that by um, uh, my tenure here that that you have seen that this is of utmost importance. I'm hoping that we can say, yes, all right, we've got this one. All right, let's move past this one in the sense of, okay, we got it. We're going to still continue under it, but we've got it, right? Rattle, rattle, shake, shake. Okay, just get on with the show. All right, I'm going. Not only are we founded on the Word of God, not only do we come under the Word of God, I think it's important for us to, uh, as an, an understanding of what a healthy church would look like is we're, we are a body, all right? We're a body. Turn to Romans chapter 12 real quick. You might as well keep your finger in Ephesians because we'll come back to that. I, I just want to use some words of Paul. I don't want to use my words. I want to use what Paul writes. Romans chapter 12, verse 4. He's writing to the church in Rome, and he says this. And I think this is what we can see is universal for every local church. Verse 4 says, For as one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. What Paul is saying here is he's making it perfectly clear. He's using this illustration of the human body. And he's saying that as a body of believers, as a church, you, we make up the body of Christ. We are the local manifestation of the bride of Christ here. And when we, we think about that, what we have to understand is everybody is made up of different parts, right? We got fingers, we got toes, we got nose, we got butts, lots of that. Some have hair, some don't. Thanks, Marty. But we're made up of different parts, right? If we were all hands, or we were all feet, or we were all ears, or nose, or whatever, we'd look funnier than we already do, right? Yeah, y'all, y'all are crazy looking. I, I get it. I, I, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm safe. I'm safe in the arms of love, right? So what we have to understand is God has wired us differently. God has made up our DNA differently. He has gifted us differently. But when we come together, we operate as one body. That is why it is of utmost importance why we have to look at that and say, all right, well, I'm just, I mean, I'm just a, 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 a pinky toe. I don't really matter. Well, from, I, don't, I have all my toes, and you can look for yourself. I have all my toes. But I've heard without that pinky toe, it's kind of hard to walk. I, oh, I... I I'm just a thumb. 
Okay, try to go throughout the day without your thumb. Or maybe you're, you're a little bit more important. I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm just the, 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 the right leg. All right, hop on your left leg the rest of the day. Now, I, I get it. Some of you are like, well, that, 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 that's, that, that's silly. It is silly in the sense that, that we can kind of visualize me hopping around all day long, right? <laughs> Whatever it may be. But what we have to understand is that's what we do. That's who we are. That's why God uses that, that, that imagery of a body because we're important. It's showing the value in each one of us. An ear is no more important than a knee. A knee is no more important than an eye. They just do different functions. And Paul is explaining here that we all are different members and we have different parts and stuff like that, but we come together as one body. Turn back to Ephesians chapter 4. And being that we are one body, this is, this is going to be fun. Not that I'm not having fun already. But in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. If you want to go back to 11, you can. But, but particularly in verses 12 and 13, Paul has talked in 11 that there's different um, giftings, there's different uh, uh, roles, there's different offices, there's different people have different purposes within the body. And he says all of this, in verse 12, it is to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So if you ever thought that um, coming to church wasn't about bodybuilding, it's all about bodybuilding. It's all about bodybuilding. Because here it says that we're to be building up the body of Christ. And, and, and there's no end in sight because he says here, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We will never measure up to Christ, but that's the one in which we are trying to uh, be more like. So we are continually bodybuilding as we come together. And if, if we don't come together and if we, we're not bodybuilding when we come together, why are we coming together then? I think that, that those are some thoughts we have to ask ourselves because it, when, when Paul is, is, is writing this, he has this, this imagery in mind of building up one another. I love those words, that alelon. There's a, a one another in there. there. There's this understanding that we cannot and should not exist apart from one another. Paul's saying here, he's like, you've you got an important role. Each one of us has an important role. In the body of Christ. No one here should be sitting here right now thinking, no, I'm not that important. Because if, if, if you're thinking that, you're believing the lie. And the lie is from Satan. Because if, if you have breath in the body, God has a, a purpose for your life. The understanding that we need to have is, okay, I find that purpose through Christ and in Christ. And now, because I'm growing up in him, I'm, I'm maturing, I can do what it is that he wants me to do. I hate when people talk about, oh, God's going to do what God wants to do. Yeah, you know what God wants to do? Is he wants to work in your life. He wants to bless you. He wants you to do greater things. Jesus says you'll do greater things than, than he ever did. But God's not going to bless us in our mess. I, I'm, I'm convinced of that. 
I hate that sign, God bless this mess. No. Can God use some of our mess? Absolutely, he can use it. But he's not going to just bless you just for the sake of blessing you in that mess. He has given us a way to behave in Scripture, in the household of God. So I, I think it's important for us to see there is our side to do. We all have responsibility. And I think that as we continue on in understanding this, um, this idea and the importance of a, of a healthy church, we can see that this responsibility, uh, it, it becomes manifest inside the church, manifest to be made known or to be, to be seen inside the church. And it is intended to provide a healthy environment for discipleship to flourish. So if you're wondering why we need to have a healthy church, why we need to be a healthy church, in a couple of weeks we're going to talk about something that we've talked about a lot lately is go and make disciples and being a disciple. The place that, that, that discipleship is to flourish the most and we're to learn the most and we're to be launched from is the local church. And we need to understand the health of our church is going to uh, determine the health of the disciples in which we make. And I think that everybody, I, I, I'm, I'm really convinced though, that everybody is, is the, has the mind like, yeah, I want to be a better disciple. I even want to make a disciple, even though it scares the bejeebies out of me. I want to do that, but I just don't know how. Well, you need good soil in which to grow in. I, I was planning on getting into to Mark chapter 4, but here, I'll, I'll give this to you for homework. Mark chapter 4, verses uh, 1 through 20, is the, the, the parable of, of the, the, the soils. There's four different types of soil. And uh, through this week, read through that and think about those, those soils as, as the church. And think about how, how the, the, the seed that is planted, it says the seed is the word of God, how the word of God grows in those different soils. And think about how you want to see our church, the, the condition of the soil that our church has, so that you can see the growth in which God can produce. Because I, I think, and I'll end with this, that um, if, if our mission statement, and, and some of you are still kind of, don't, you don't know the mission statement, you've heard it, you're kind of familiar with it, but you couldn't recite it. Our mission statement if it, 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 meaning why we come together and why we do what we do and then why we live how we live is that we exist to bring glory to God. Now, we understand that we exist to bring glory to God, but it's by making disciples. So if we're going to understand that I, I want to be um, a, a better disciple and I want to be active, I want to be able to tell people why I go to church. We need to understand that we exist to bring glory to God by making disciples and that it comes through committing our lives to four things. And you've heard the love, learn, live, lead, right? Loving him passionately, learning about him continually. I'm sorry, my eyesight is off. Shh, now you sound like my wife. <laughs> Loving him continually, living for him daily, learning about him continually, and leading others to him intentionally. She whispered that in your ear, didn't she? She's been nagging me. Yeah. Understanding that, that, that our mission is, yeah, yeah maybe, maybe you're like me and you stumble over words sometimes. Okay, that's fine. If we remember that our mission at the church is to glorify God 
That's, that's why we exist. And it's through making disciples. And if you remember, love, learn, live, lead. I think that we can have a, a better understanding of, okay, what is to take place inside of our church? Why is the health so vitally important inside of our church? And then we can start assessing, hey, we're, we're not where we should be here. Or we could do a better job here. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about three characteristics of, of a healthy church. And um, then we'll, I'm hoping that we can kind of just be honest. Because I honestly want to see God bless us. And I honestly believe that God will bless us when we're obedient to him. Remember the faucet? It, 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 the, the, the picture of the faucet that, that, that I, I paint all the time? The faucet is where God blesses us, right? This big faucet. And every time I, I think about it, I think about, remember that faucet that used to be at the, the, the county fair where it was just a faucet and the water was falling down? And I, I, as a kid, I always wondered, like, how did that water, like, there's nothing connected to the backside. Well, then when I got older, I understood that there was a tube that went up through the middle of it. Am I the only one that has seen that? <laughs> uh, everybody, okay. We, we know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, anywho, that's what I, I visualize when I, when I think about the faucet, God's faucet. God has a faucet that's in the sky. We can't, we can't determine or, or we can't manipulate God to turn on that faucet and, and let blessings rain down on us. What we can do is what? We can position ourselves underneath the faucet so when God decides to turn on that faucet, we're in the, the right area. We're in the, the splash zone. We're getting the full effect. And I believe that that's the same as with, with our church. I think we all want to see growth. And I'm not just saying, I'm not talking numbers growth. Would it be great? Yeah, it would be awesome. But I'm saying spiritual growth. Like, the reason you come here Everybody needs to, to have that, like, there's a reason I come to church. Not just, well, it's because I'm, it's what I'm supposed to do. Don't come to church if that's what you're supposed to do because you're not going to, um, you're not going to understand. You're not going to get out of it what you're supposed to. What we're supposed to do is be obedient to God. And when we come together, God speaks to us in a different way in which he speaks to us individually. God speaks in a, in, a, in a voice in which we can, um, it is magnified when his people are coming together. Just think about it this way. If Christ is in every believer, that's what the Bible tells us, right? That Christ is in me. If I want to see more of Christ, what do I need to do? I need to be in fellowship with more of his people. Because we've got a little bit, of, a little bit of, in, in, of, of him in us. Actually, we have all of him in us. But he manifests himself differently in each one of us. And when we come together, we see this beautiful picture of what the body is supposed to look like. So that's my hope over the next couple of weeks now for this, this healthy church. I want us to be healthy because I want to see God bless us. I want to see God grow in us. I want to see the 30, the 60, the 100-fold which God has in store for us.